grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. When it comes to the heart of stewardship, which is simply Christian living and managing the gifts that God has given us, that the heart of it is always Psalm 24, verse 1, that says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything belongs to the Lord. We brought nothing into this world. We could take nothing out. And that includes time itself. Our times belong to the Lord. So manage them, use them well, and use them to serve the Lord. Our Old Testament reading is taken from Joshua chapter 24, beginning at the 14th verse. These words will serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. Joshua said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly and faithfully. Remove the gods that your fathers served in the region across the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if you see no benefit in serving the Lord, then choose for yourselves today whomever you will serve, whether the gods that your fathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The people responded by saying, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord in order to serve other gods. For the Lord our God he is the one who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, where we were slaves. He is the one who performed these great signs right before our eyes and protected us on the whole journey that we made and among all the peoples through whom we passed. The Lord drove out of our presence all the peoples and the Amorites who were living in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, because he is a holy God, he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and you serve foreign gods, then he will turn and cause disaster for you, and he will put an end to you after he has done good for you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will most certainly serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves in order to serve him? The people said, We are witnesses. Joshua said, Now therefore remove the foreign gods that are among you and turn your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God, and we will listen to his voice. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is also our New Testament reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, beginning at the 15th verse. Consider carefully then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise people. Make the most of your time, because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk on wine, which causes you to lose control. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
by speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with singing and making music with your hearts to the Lord, by always giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, beginning at the 25th verse. These are the words of Jesus, and these words are part of his Sermon on the Mount. For this reason I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Which of you can add a single moment to his lifespan by worrying? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory are dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not clothe you even more? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the unbelievers chase after all these things. Certainly your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in Joshua chapter 24, beginning at the 14th verse. I open with these words from the text. Joshua said to the people, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I have a tough choice to make, and I do not take this choice lightly. In fact, it is a choice that needs to be made because time is running out. In fact, I've weighed the pros and the cons when it comes to this choice, and the choice is simply this. Do I eat or not eat ever again? Now, some might be thinking, Pastor, you could lose several pounds, and so maybe doing some not eating would maybe be good for you at times. But I'm talking about not eating ever again. That's certainly not on the docket. That's not even sound thinking, is it? In fact, that choice is actually a no-brainer when it comes to eating or not eating ever again. Of course you have to eat, because if you do not, you will eventually starve to death. When Joshua gives the people a choice, this choice he gives them is also a no-brainer. Before we consider the choice that he offers the people, keep in mind that he has just gathered all the leaders of all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. And he is now establishing a covenant with them before the Lord. This covenant, many say, is very similar to like a Near East uh, type covenant or, or a Hittite type of treaty. We know this from archaeology. 
And when you look at it, it definitely seems to have some of the same similarities. But for sure we can say that what Joshua is speaking to the people about is also his last words and testament. For right after he speaks, we hear that he will die at 110 and be buried. He has been the leader of these people. He followed after Moses. He led them into the, the land of Canaan, and, and now they have taken this land as their very own. And now Joshua has these departing words, and they are powerful words, all centering, centering around a choice. Now, people believe that they have a choice because many believe that they have a free will and they have a will to choose between good and evil, to, to choose the Lord or to not choose Him. And because many believe that they have this free will, they believe that faith is a choice and that they can choose to believe in Jesus. They can choose to have the Holy Spirit in their hearts. It's their choice. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear that no one can call Jesus as Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So faith is not a choice. Faith is a gift of God that comes through the Holy Spirit working through that gospel, that good news of Christ. Working in our hearts, not only calling us to faith, but through that word keeping us in that one true faith. Once again, faith is not a choice. Faith is a gift and a gift of God. Joshua is not asking the people to choose to believe. What he's asking them to do is choose to serve. For they were already believers. He didn't have to call them to faith. But the sad truth is these believers who believed in the one true God also added other gods. Oh, we're told that many were believing in the gods their forefathers believed in over by the river. Oh, the river always referring to the Euphrates. That was the Babylonian area, the today modern-day Iran and Iraq. Oh, Abraham and, and his family believed in a number of those gods. When God called Abraham, he told him to get rid of those false gods because they're false and they're fake and they're frauds. And then the people got caught up when they were in Egypt for several centuries, got caught up in believing in their gods. And we see that effect when they were at Mount Sinai and Moses was up, um, up on the mountain with the Lord for that 40-day period and they went and made that golden calf a false god of the Egyptians. And then even the, the false gods of the Amorites. The Amorites were one of several tribes that made up the Canaan, Canaanites. And Amorites is a term that's oftentimes used to refer to the Canaan, Canaanites in general because they were one of the largest and, and probably most influential of the tribes. They were believing in those gods, the god of Baal, the god of Asherah. They were believing in all those false gods as they were believing in the one true God. So the choice is you have the one true God and now you have all these false gods that aren't real and exist. 
And it's a no-brainer. There is no choice. Believe in something that is your everything or believe in nothing that, as I, as I heard one, one commentator write, these are simply manure-piled deities. So who do you choose to serve? What is interesting is offering, using this word choose is really a challenge to them. And I say this because of the words before and after this verse on choosing. Because the verse right before is really a beautiful gospel invitation. He, he's already giving them the answer, even though he's asking them to choose. Once again, it's a no-brainer. He says this, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly and faithfully. Fear the Lord is a beautiful word that sums up the two main teachings of the Bible, law and gospel. Under the law, we fear the Lord because we know he is a holy and just God. Joshua's going to say that later. And because he is a holy and just God, this is a God who hates sin. And so we know that when we sin, we deserve his punishment and his anger, even eternal consequences in hell itself. So in that sense, we do fear the Lord. But we also fear him in the sense of, and this is where the gospel, the good news comes in. We fear him in the sense of not wanting to hurt him, realizing who he is and what he has done for us. And that's summed up in the beautiful words, the Lord, in all four capital letters. It's written here, referring to the name that was given to Moses at the burning bush. This is the great I am. This is the wonderful God, the Savior God. The people even confess this before Joshua. This is the one who rescued us and brought us out of Egypt, that land of slavery. He is the one that just demonstrated great miracles and great signs as he led us not only out of Egypt, but during that wilderness journey. They saw a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. They saw the glory of the Lord and the Lord's presence among them daily. They saw water come from a rock. They saw special bread come down from heaven. They saw quail covering their camp. And these people saw this walking through a desert where you will find none of these things. The Lord protected them. The Lord provided for them. And the Lord loved them. This is the very God who brought them into the land of Canaan. The people didn't say, hey, look at the amazing things that I have done. But they gave praise to the Lord. He is the one that blessed them with the victories. He is the one who blessed them with this land. And at the time, the land was called a land flowing with milk and honey. The false gods didn't give you this. The false gods can't give you this. These are false gods that are made of metal and wood and stone. These are, these are false gods that are simply made up from Satan himself. These are false gods that our sinful natures will flock to. But they are false gods. Only the true God, the Lord, is the one who made you and the one who saved you. 
Fear deals with the heart. But from the heart comes one's actions. And when it comes to actions, he writes, serve him wholeheartedly and faithfully. Wholeheartedly means to be, to serve him completely. I think immediately of the words of Jesus when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then he said, the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love him with your whole inmost being because your very being, every portion and, and every part of you belongs to him. And then serve him in faithfulness. The word faithfulness has the word truth to it. The word amen. Even the people will confess later that we will serve the Lord and listen to his voice because his voice is the truth. And anything contrary to the truth is the lie. Serve him in everything you do. This is a no-brainer. And this is why Joshua would confess, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What beautiful words to not only take to heart, but to memorize. What beautiful words to even put up at your door. So when people walk into your house, they know this is a house that serves the Lord. What a beautiful passage to take to heart and, and to know well and even to say daily as we remind ourselves over and over again, we serve the Lord. We belong to the Lord. And therefore, our time and the time that God has given us here is a time to embrace, is a time to fear and serve the Lord, but it's also a time to refrain. It's a time to remove and remove those false gods in our lives, no matter what form they take. We serve the Lord. When the people heard this, they rejoiced and said, we too will serve the Lord. It was like Joshua brought them up on the highest part of the mountain and they were rejoicing and they were celebrating. And then he says these words that seems to push them down the mountain. In fact, one commentator that I read described these words as the most alarming words in the whole Old Testament. He told them this, you are not able to serve the Lord because he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and, and you serve foreign gods, then, you will, you, then he will turn and cause disaster for you and he will put an end to you after he has done good for you. Here the Lord has given you every reason to love him. And you're going to go serve other gods? And you think this makes God happy? These words, by the way, many believe that it's referring to the next book of the Bible. For after Joshua comes Judges. And Judges is a very painful book to read. Because it's filled with so much darkness and ungodliness and and not giving up these false gods and, and, and what that led to in their lives. There, there is not just rejecting the Lord, but when one rejects the Lord, what often follows and does follow is ungodliness and wickedness, especially towards one another. 
So is he referring to judges that these people, even though they're making this covenant, they're going to fail over and over again. So he sends this strong warning with the prayer that they never forget it. But the truth of the matter is, these words can certainly be understood that these people, and we're included, are sinful human beings. And as sinful human beings, we don't have a free will to choose between good and evil. We have a will that can only sin. The reason we choose the Lord is because, once again, faith is a gift of God. The Holy Spirit is, is working in our hearts to say no to sin and with a believing heart to cling to Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot choose God. And don't think that when you sin, you treat sin like it's no big deal. Because God hates sin, all sin. If you've sinned once, you have broken all of his commandments. Because his commandments are statements of perfect love. So the people replied, or he asked them, Are you witnesses? Do you understand what I just said? Do they understand the covenant that they are making with the Lord? And they replied, We are witnesses. Boy, it sounds just like the very vow I took at my eighth grade year before I took my first communion. When after two years of instruction, one by one, the whole class would stand before the pastor and you would be asked, will you be faithful to the Lord even unto death? And we would, we, would, we would reply, I will. And how many have broken that vow? Because the temptation is so great. My dear friends, making such a vow deals with time. To understand that as stewards, managers of all the gifts that God has given us, don't overlook the beautiful gift of time. In your very life. Now maybe we are not struggling with the false gods of, of over by the Euphrates or the false god of the Egyptians or the false god of the Canaanites, but do we not deal with the false gods in our daily lives? Because you can sum up all these gods with the very false gods we wrestle with, and that is in the word selfishness. If these gods don't exist, what do you think these gods come from? Again, certainly from Satan, but our own sinful nature. We love to invent our own gods. We love to think that we can serve these gods. We like to think these gods will answer our prayers. We like to think that by our good works, we can earn their favor and hope of salvation. But these gods don't exist. The temptation is great. Many will say, well, it's money, right? That can easily be a false god. But money cannot save you. What's at the heart of money? And money can be used because you can buy stuff. That seems very powerful. But at the heart of even seeing money as a God is your own sinful, selfish heart. So when it comes to using our time, take to heart the words of Joshua. Fear the Lord and serve him. 
Every day is a day to repent of our sins, but trusting in the forgiveness that is ours in Jesus Christ alone, who paid for our sins and paid for them in full. This is who we live for. This is who we belong to. And this is the one we're going to get to enjoy when God calls us from this life to the glories of heaven. We're going to be joining all the believers and, give, and those holy angels in giving the Lord all the praise and glory. But until that day, join Joshua in believing, in confessing, in taking to heart these beautiful words. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l u t h e r a n dot o r g may god bless you today and every day